As you may recall, this is a chapter that is written in a confessional style in which Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami continues the story that began in, in the fifth chapter where he spoke of how Nityananda Prabhu intervened mystically in his life and sent him to Vrindavan. So in this chapter ahead, we'll hear the most significant thing that happened to him in Vrindavan, the blessing that he got to write Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. In leading up to that, he's carried over from the previous chapter, which was a glor- excuse me, glorification of the Panchatattva. Um, by way, he's carried over by way of continuing to glorify the, the Panchatattva. And um, he stressed how the way, if you will, for spiritual success, as it was explained in the previous chapter by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself, citing the scriptures, the way is Krishna Nam. Nam Sankirtan. And... Uh, the time is Kali Yuga, this is the way, and so on and so forth. He made these points to Prakashananda, who was questioning his his um, activities and wondering why he wasn't conducting himself in the way that sannyasis should by studying the Vedanta and so forth. And Mahaprabhu, more or less, in a very indirect way, said, well, if you'd studied Vedanta, you'd know that it's mentioned in the Shruti itself, Iti sorasakam nam nam kalikalmashanashanam sabbade shudrishyate Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram 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 Hare Hare Kali Santarana Upanishad Brahma is asked by Narad, what is the way of Kali Yuga? He says, chanting these sixteen names of God. And this is, he says, sabbade shudrishyate, all the Vedas point to this. So, here in this chapter, he's glorifying the Panchatattva, who he began the previous chapter uh, 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 by engaging in a glorification of them and 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 their way uh, of chanting Namsan Kirtan. He entered into the, the narrative of Mahaprabhu's meeting with Prakashananda and um, and continued the emphasis of Namsan Kirtan, which is what the Panchatattva did together in setting this kind of wave, if you will, tidal wave of the distribution of love of God in motion. And so, again, he carries over the glorification of Panchatattva here and of the way, and he goes a little bit further by way, if you will, of saying that, that, um, that yes, the chanting of Holy Name is the way in Kali Yuga, and and in order to effectively partake of that, we have to acknowledge the Yuga Avatar. He doesn't say it in that many words, or directly, but this is the point that he's making. It's mentioned in in Bhagavat, eleventh canto. There, Karabhajan Muni is asked by Maharaj Nimi about the different Yuga avatars and their characteristics and so forth. And he goes through them, Satya Yuga, Treta Yuga, Dwarpa Yuga. And then after the description of the Dwarpa Yuga avatar, he, he mentions that in Kali Yuga, 
we have to look to the tantras for the way. And and then he has a beautiful verse glorifying Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What does he, what does he say? Krishna Varnam, Tisa Krishnam, Sungo Pangastra Parshadam, Yagnai Sankirtana Prayeriya Jantihi Sumedasa. Description of Jiva Goswami, the explanation of this verse makes it clear as a bell uh, that this is talking about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who in Kali Yuga, from whom the, the, the syllables Krishna are always emanating, who is of the character of Krishna himself, even though he's not dark, he's golden in complexion. And this speaks about mm, his nature. Uh, to distribute. Um, Radharani said to be the compassionate nature of Krishna. Her complexion is molten gold. Mm-hmm. So the distribution, along with his associates, Sangopangastra Parshadam, that means the Panchatattva. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, and the, in the way, Yagnai Sankirtan, the prayer. Sankirtan is the, is the sacrifice, the Yagya. Intelligent people Sumedasaha, with a very keen, good theistic intelligence from Bhakti, Sukriti, they can understand this and participate in this. So, not only is the way Sankirtan, but there is a is a, a bearer of the way, if you will. The gift is Krishna, Krishna Bhakti. The giver is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and as Pujapachita Marsh like to say, first the gift. First the giver, excuse me, then the gift. So what he's doing here in this chapter at the onset is emphasizing the importance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Not that you can overlook him. He, he, he says, and just chant the name of Krishna and worship Krishna and ignore Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He is Krishna. And so if you, there's no meaning to... to he, he's very strong to worshiping Krishna and... And, and ignoring Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Um, he uses strong strong language here. He's critiquing people that don't take advantage of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and uh, who may even criticize him. Hmm? He gives an example that uh, he's critic- he, 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 he says that, that um, given the, the depth of his personality, the generosity, the magnanimity um, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, um, that people who ignore him using uh, reason and argument, perhaps the implication is other interpretations of scripture that seem to want to cancel him out he he says they're like they're like uh, like croaking frogs uh, what he means I think there is this course that frogs croak and it's not real like melodious and it's not a concert but they're really you know, the human projection is they really think they're singing really nicely and, and going all night and, and whatnot and but uh but it's not particularly beautiful uh, <laughs> music, um, and and then of course, and then he, he goes on to make the strong statement that if they don't, if you don't 
take advantage of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you don't regard him, then your worship of Krishna is, is meaningless. You must, you, you're practically an asura, a demon. And he gives an example. Well, Jarasandha, he worshipped Krishna, Vishnu, I should say, through because he was a follower of the Vedic Dharma, the Varnashram system. But in the Leela, it's obvious that he's a daita, he's a demon. He attacked Krishna, Jarasandha, 17 times. Hmm. So he's worshipping Vishnu, but he's attacking Krishna. So what kind of worship of Vishnu is that? It's useless. Therefore, he's, he's not considered a devotee, even though he is engaged in some worship. It gives a nice example to make his, his point. Hmm. So he's just building up, building up. He, he wants to emphasize that, that not only Nam Sankirtan, but Nam Shrestam, Abhi Sachiputram, as says, I got the name. And I got the Nam Shrestam, the highest conception of the name from the son of Sachi. That name, through it. so yes, the Yuga Dharma is Nam Kirtan, and there is a Yuga Avatar in Kali Yuga, and he should be recognized, he should be established on the altar of our hearts. <laughs> so this is where he's at now, at the uh, onset of the text, and we concluded in our last discussion. Uh, with this verse, Ateva Puna Kahon Udva Bahuhana Chaitanya Nityananda Bhaja Kutar Kachodiya. Therefore, Krishna says, I say again, lifting my arms, oh fellow human beings, please worship Chaitanya Nityananda without any false arguments. Give up arguing against this. And it, it would appear that he's. He, as we know historically at this time, he is in the appearing in, and his work is very much central to the forming of the whole Sampradaya. This is the book that established the orthodox teachings in one concise text of Chaitanya Vaishnavism. The teachings of the Goswamis, and put it in the common um, vernacular in Bengali. Um, and so we can understand that that some of, and I mentioned this in my, in my last class, I think that the, some of the people he is, without mentioning any names, speaking to is actually other religious, pious people, other sampradayas, with their own interpretations of the text that missed, you know, the 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 the, the obvious thing that comes out in the explanations of the, of the Goswamis and so forth. Um, so he's not a shy person. He's already said earlier on in the second chapter when he made an effort to establish that Krishna is the source of Narayan and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that same Krishna, that that this may be controversial, but that, that uh, come and bring your arguments. Hmm? And and what will happen is faith in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will be strengthened by that only. So he's very sure of himself and, and uh, bold, and again, establishing a, a sampradaya. The sampradaya's validity, um, we know, uh, was was challenged even even after this time, some quite some time after, in the, in the time of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, maybe um, towards the uh, end of the uh, 1700s, 18th century. Hmm. This is like. Uh, here we have like what sixteenth, uh, seventeenth century. 
that uh, the 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 sampradaya was questioned and challenged in in Jaipur. You know the story in Jaipur where there was the uh, Radha Govinda, the deities of Rupa Goswami, had been transferred there secretly when the Mughals attacked Vrindavan and was being kept um, carefully and protected and worshipped in Jaipur by the Raj there. And um, the system of worship was that uh, Krishna was worshipped along with Radha and the offering having been made to them was then given to Narayan. And so there was this was challenged by some maybe Ramnadis or some group of the some uh, Ramanujas or different uh, divisions of the Ramanuja Sampradaya. And um and then then it was asked, Well where is your commentary on Vedanta which makes you a a uh, by which you establish yourself as a sampradaya, and of course we didn't have one as Godias, and for very good reason. The reason, of course, is that, uh, as the Guru Purana states, and the Goswamis brought it out, that uh, the Bhagavatam, Srimad Bhagavatam, is the natural commentary on Vedanta Sutra. So, Mahaprabhu reason why should we have to write one? It's already been written, and the Bhagavatam becomes our. Central book, explanation of the sutras, is an explanation of all the Upanishads. And then you're, you're building here again the argument of Jiva Goswami and Tattva Sandarbha as to the central place of the Bhagavatam within the, the revelation of the East, the sacred, sacred texts. The sacred sounds. These are, the Shruti are thought to be unauthored sounds that some people could hear. Hmm. Meditatively, like Brahma heard tapa tapa in meditation, and acted accordingly hmm? uh, in pursuit of his own source. So, the Upanishads obviously are written down, but the the, 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 the sound, the sound, the unauthored sounds are are thought to be already existing and then discovered. I've given an example, like some, it's popular amongst some mathematicians to think that mathematical uh, equations that describe the world so accurately in a scientific sense and are the center uh, the, the kind of they're kind of the, the, the how would you call it the you can't do science without without math hmm? these equations um, are discovered they're already existing hmm? um, and the world kind of arises out of them. There's a famous question by Stephen Hawking in his book, something about time. I forget his famous book. Um, that what breathes fire into these equations? Another famous mathematician said, if you took all these equations and wrote them down on pieces of paper and then, you know, dropped them, what causes them to come together and and be the universe that they describe, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that they're, they're, they themselves are alive. They, they, they're, like Plato said, I've just described this in other talks you may have heard, but in recent times, but that there's a world, the non-physical world, where these, not only is, 
is their absolute good, absolute beauty, the absolute you know, aesthetic, aesthetic, and, and absolute ethics. That the moral life and the beauty of this world are just a shadow of, but it's well reasoned too. So the mathematical equations exist there. Euclid thought that numbers were actually personalities in a, in a world beyond, and Pythagoras as well. Similarly, world beyond the physical, and this is even prominent mathematicians in our present day believe that a num- quite a number of them, if not the majority, that the mathematical equations are not invented by the human mind to describe the world, but they're discovered. Hmm? And they have some the implication they have some power to them as well. Hmm? So similarly with the Vedic sounds, in other words, they're sound formulas. Hmm? Brahma said he used sounds uh, to out of which the world takes shape. And as we know, that's what language does. It, it categorizes things. By language, we categorize things. So Brahma's work is to categorize things, to organize things. Hmm. Um, and through sound. And nothing moves in the world without the accompaniment of sound. Even in the, in the, in the atom, the electron has a sound that goes with it as it moves. In modern science, too, those, you have this, uh, for example, the, uh, the string theory, that at the, at the base level, subatomic level, beyond the quarks and gluons and, and so on and so forth, which are things that can only be understood by mathematical equations. You can't see them, but there's an equation that describes that they're, they're, they're there. But beyond them are these vibrations, strings, hmm. vibrations. And the world is arising out of it, something like that. So, an interesting uh, concept. I'm not sure how we got off there, but... Um, but... Um, you're talking about uh, what about uh, revelation in the Bhagwat? Hmm? You tell the story about uh, in uh, Jaipur. In Jaipur, yeah. So, so, so they asked, you know, where is your commentary? Well, the Bhagwat was the commentary, but Baladev also made a commentary at that point. That's called the Govinda Bhasha. So we have a commentary if you really insist that we must have one, even though we feel, he writes in his own commentary, there's no need for this. Some people need it, for them they need it, but we don't need it. The Bhagavatam is already there, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has explained that, and so on and so forth. Um, so, at any rate, the point is that the Sampradaya's validity was being challenged. And, and fair enough, I mean, if somebody just comes along and says, hey, my friend is, like Nityananda Prabhu said, my friend Gore is God, and not only that, he's the source of Narayan. He's Krishna himself, and uh, and we're going to just chant his name. And 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 uh, even at the uh, uh, expense of chanting Krishna's name, we're going to chant his name instead. Hmm? You, you, people might say, "Well, uh, you know, you got anything to support that?" And refer to the to the standard uh, of, of knowledge, the sacred texts, and so forth. And of course, the Goswamis did this work and. And uh, they have established a sampradaya, and, and Krishna Das is in, in in the midst of that. 
here. Hmm? And obviously speaking to other sects and so forth and arguing, hey, you may be even bhaktas of Krishna, but you're not worshipping Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, so that's what we think of you. Hmm? Not very much, because you have not understood him. What is the, what is the Yuga Dharma? And, and, uh, and who's bringing it? Who's the Yuga Avatar? This is the kind of arguments that he's, he's making here. So he says, so give up all your false arguments and, and chant and worship Gore and Nityananda. Hmm? And then he says, tonight's verse begins, Yadi va tariko kohe, tarka se praman, tarka shastri siddhaye se se vyaman. So he's going to go on now to try to, to give some reasoning himself hmm, as to what he says. So he says, having made the points that he has, says, now someone will say that, well, hey, you know, fine, you know, you say we should worship Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we just give up false logic, as you call it, and so forth, and and uh, and so on. But without logic, without reasoning, hmm, how can one even um, decide who's the worshipable deity? So, so you want to criticize us for our reasoning, but the reasoning is required even to. So, what's your? So he makes this point himself. People may say, like this. So he's going to give some reasoning hmm, as to why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is so um, vital, paying attention to him in, in Kali Yuga. Uh, besides the, the texts I've cited and so forth, he's going to give his own um, kind of very brief explanation here. Shri Krishna Chaitanya Daya Koraha Vichar Vichar Korite Chitte Pobe Chamatkar He says, okay, if you say like this, well, hey, you know, you're criticizing us for just being dry logicians or and not worshipping your deity, but logic and reason is a little useful hmm, for figuring out, coming to the conclusion of who the deity is, who what deity one should worship. It has its place. He says, fine, um, then if you want to make that statement, I say to you that uh, bring your logic and bring your reasoning and kindly apply it hmm, to the Chaitanya Daya. Hmm. Shri Krishna Chaitanya Daya Koraha Vichar Vichar Korite Chite Pobechamatkar So bring your logic and bring your reason then, now, and apply it to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy and magnanimous nature. And if you do so, then you will find that his mercy is, is extraordinary. It's chamatkar. It's vichar korite chite pobe chamatkar. It's amazing, hmm? wonderful. This word chamatkar is a nice word. It it means like awesome, hmm? and it's 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 the it's it's a, the kind of base out of which rasa arises. It's a feeling of awesome, whoa, overwhelming. Hmm. Emotional uh, ascendance to a height, right? Um, so he says, so bring, bring your, bring your reason, bring your logic. And I'm, I'm saying this thing. You may argue. Well, we need reason and argument to come to a conclusion. Uh, and so he says, bring it, and you'll see what, what is the nature of his mercy. What I'm saying. So he's going to, he's going to, he wants to talk here about the mercy 
of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and make an argument with logic and reason as to why he is who he says he is and should not be avoided. And we'd be fooled to avoid him even in the name of taking Krishna Nam, which is the Yuga Dharma for the Kali Yuga. Hmm? He goes on, he says, Bahu Janma Kore Jari Shravana Kirtan Tobutana Pai Krishna Pare Premadhan So he says that Bahu Janma Kore Jari Shravana Kirtan Many births, Bahu Janma Kore Yari If you chant um, and, and hear and chant do kirtan of uh, Krishna Nam for many births. Hmm. Still, because of Nam Aparad, because of offenses being there in the background, you will not get the love of Godhead as the ultimate goal of this chanting. We know that Krishna Nam is the Dharma for the Kali Yuga. Hmm? But he's saying there's a problem with that. Hmm? So if you've understood that chanting in, in, in Nam Kirtan is the, is, the, is the Dharma for Kali Yuga, and, and, and so you're, doing, you're chanting Krishna Nam still, problem. Hmm? See how he's making his point. Well, you'll see as we go forward. Problem, of course, is is that there, because there may be offenses in the background, it's not going to bear fruit even for many births. Hmm? Now he hasn't finished. He's just starting his argument. He'll show that, that with regard to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, there's a difference. Hmm? With regard to Gore, Gore Nam, this is his argument. So he gives. He, he, he's, he's going to speak. He speaks now about the 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 rarity of bhakti, of attaining um, bhav bhakti, which means Vishnu bhakti, Krishna bhakti. Rupakaswami's definition of bhakti, Vishnu bhakti of pralad, hearing, chanting, and so forth. Hmm? Well, if we come to Vishnu bhakti and we're doing Nam Kirtan in particular, we're doing everything right. No, still, there's a, there's a problem. Hmm? There's a problem there. And the problem is, well, First of all, there may be offenses in the background, and secondly, it's stated in the scriptures that it's that it's, it's very it's very rare to achieve the goal. Hmm? So he cites a verse that's cited in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. This Rupa Goswami has um, cited this verse. I uh, forget where it's from, but he says that by cultivating philosophical knowledge, Gyan. One can understand his spiritual position and thus be liberated. And by performing sacrifices and pious activities, one can achieve sense gratification in higher planetary systems. But bhakti to Hari is so rare. I mean, this attainment of, of Hari bhakti is so rare that even by executing hundreds and thousands of sacrifices, one cannot obtain it. So he's, he's emphasizing the rarity of attaining bhakti. Hmm? 
this is the section of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu where the the quality or the characteristic of bhakti, it's speaking about Bhava Bhakti, rarely attained, is emphasized. So you could perform all kinds of pious activities, all kinds of sadhana in relation to jnana or yoga, and still you would, you would never get Hari Bhakti. And even if you do Hari Bhakti, for some time, still Krishna doesn't give Baba very, very easily. Krishna yadi chutte bhakti bhukti mukti deya kabu prem bhakti na dena rakhena lokeya. If a devotee wants liberation or material sense gratification from Krishna, then he he give it very quickly, no no problem. But if they want bhakti herself, bhava, prem, he keeps it hidden. This is Krishna's nature, he's saying. See, there's a problem. <laughs> this is the point he's making. There's some problem. He quotes a famous verse of the Bhagavatam, spoken by um, Nara to Yudhisthira. Um, it's, it's actually spoken by Sukadev to um, Parikshit, but it's a verse in which Nard is speaking to Yudhisthira from the fifth canto of the Bhagavatam. Hmm. The, uh, the background of this verse it comes, is that it comes in the fifth canto and the, the extraordinary life of the of Rishabdev, the avatar of Vishnu, is described there. Hmm. And uh, he has a connection with the, uh, with the Yadus. I think he's coming in that Yadu dynasty. And Prikshit Maharaj is from the Kurus, the Kuru side. And um, he's heard about the wonderful activities of Rishabdev, and Sukadev is perceiving that he's maybe feeling a little disheartened that in my family, the Kurus, uh, Vishnu didn't make his appearance. I guess we're not as we're not as blessed, as fortunate. So this is the background to this verse. Nardas uh, and Sukadev cites it to encourage Parikshit. And this is what the verse says. Narada speaking, My dear Maharaj Yudhisthira, the Supreme Personality Godhead Krishna is always ready to help you. He is your master, Guru very dear friend, head of your family, yet sometimes he agrees to act as your servant or order carrier. You are greatly fortunate because this relationship is possible only by bhakti. That Lord can give liberation, mukti, very easily, but he does not give bhakti very easily because he doesn't give bhakti very easily, by which he's bound. So, the reason that this is being cited is because the verse is saying that, yes, Narayan, Vishnu, Krishna did not appear in your family, but Bhakti to Krishna appeared in your family. Hmm? And that's more, 
more important because Krishna is, it really is wherever there is bhakti. And the measure of the bhakti in your family, look at Yudhisthira, as Narada is explaining here, the good fortune of Yudhisthira. That Krishna, in the pond of his, sometimes he was their order carrier. He was the, he was the chariot driver of Arjuna. So how much more is Bhagawan present in your family because of the presence of extraordinary bhakti? Hmm? So you should give emphasis to bhakti over, over Bhagawan. Hmm? Wherever there is bhakti, Bhagawan is, is, is present there. And the measure of your, the bhakti in your family, you see, is very extraordinary. So this would encourage Parikshit Maharaj. But, the, but here are the verses being cited because what? It says that that mukti uh, muktim dadati karichit mana bhakti yogam hmm? that krishna gives mukti very easily but bhakti he does not give that means the goal of bhakti bhav bhakti prem bhakti that he doesn't give very readily now it shouldn't be th- thought that he doesn't give it because if he gives it he'll be conquered captured hmm? which is true but he likes to be captured by his devotees but the reason he doesn't give it readily is because he he wants to see that people really want it. Mm. They really want it. Mm. Not just say so. Mm. And don't make any effort and and so on and so forth. It's a precious thing. He's purchased by it entirely. Mm. So he does give it. He does it's rare. He does give it in due course. It's rare and that it can't be gained attained by any other type of sadhana. the fruits of which, those are types of sadhana, can be tamed easily by comparison, of course, with a little bit of bhakti factored in. But also it's rare in that even if you only practice bhakti, he doesn't just give it out readily. He wants to see that first you go through the stages of nishta, ruchi, asakti, anarta nivritti, and so forth. So forth. Hmm? Before he gives it, there's a cleansing of the heart. There's an attachment towards him that develops. Practice without attachment. Hmm? The point is, bhakti, practiced, engaged in, hearing, chanting, without attachment for the object of the love, of love will not bear the fruit of bhava. First, you'll have to become attached. That's the stage of asakti. Hmm? And that means, well, detached from everything else. That's the implication. When Bhakti Vinodhaku writes, his, sings in, in, in commentary on the stage of Asakti, his song is Anadi Karamapale Babanarna Bajale. He speaks the opposite. He speaks about, oh, I'm so attached to material life and um, here I am since since a time of without beginning. Anadi Karamapale, the fruits of Anadi Karma. I'm tossing and turning in the waves of the of material existence. I have so many attachments, this, that. He talks about it in a negative way, by which to saying that within, and that when that is passed over, that attachment is instead, in a sense, transferred to Krishna. When we become attached to Krishna, we'll have no material attachment. And when we practice with attachment, and obviously attention, Sometimes the Buddhists ask how to concentrate their minds. Well, where you give your heart, that's where your mind will go. So, 
Um, only when the, the point is only by coming to asakti, then can you get bhava, and you have to pass through the various stages. Hmm. He's not going to give it to somebody who just uh, starts out and you know the story of uh, Bhakti Siddhanta's disciples that I've told of some of the senior men came to him and said they had a question on their mind and he said what is it and they said we've been practicing for ten years now and the high things that you talk about as uh, the goal we're not we're not finding them within us and then he replied oh I'm relieved if you had said you were getting them I would be concerned you really hadn't understood what how, how rare it is how how valuable it is it's not a cheap thing and so on and so forth. Hmm. So, so he's emphasizing it in a particular way here, uh, and he's saying this is the fault with Krishna Bhakti. Hmm. You can chant his name, but if you have offenses, you won't get the result. Hmm. You can do bhakti, and and, and but still, it, it's 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 rarely achieved. Mukti is easily achieved. The, the main point of this verse cited by. Uh, in terms of Nard's explanation to Yudhisthira is that, that bhakti is superior to mukti because mukti is easily achieved Krishna will give it to get rid of people who want eternal life and aren't interested in him okay go but uh, to give himself he's not going to give it to people who aren't interested that's the power Incidentally, of rag bhakti, because central to rag bhakti, that's why it proceeds quickly, is is the idea that one is interested in what Krishna is about. This is his in, in, this is Swayam Bhagavan Krishna, God, being Himself. You can relax around certain people, is the idea, and with them. He's not. He's he, he. He's not on the throne. He's really with them. He's one of them. And this being worshipped as God is a secondary thing. It keeps him alone, up on the throne. And there's a distance between the worshiper and the object of worship. And then there's this unintelligible language and and procedures and so forth that. Uh, by which a god is fed, you know, Om Idam Naivedyam, Om Imam, and so forth. And, and um, so, um, in the Braj Leela, of course, then, it's all, sit down, eat, eat more. Hmm. Why haven't you eaten? Hmm. How, what have you eaten? Have you eaten dirt? Hmm. His mother is asking. Open your mouth, let us see. And so forth. So this, he says, I like this more than the Vedic mantras chanted. Here I can relax and be myself. You know, the king is relishes the movie star relishes the time when he can put on sunglasses, walk amongst the common people, without the paparazzi chasing him, and so forth. He strive to become famous, and then. It's it's not what it's cracked up to be. He wants to be have 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 time where he's he's not in that position of everybody asking for his autograph and so forth. It's more desirable. Hmm? Although we strive for often for fame, prestige, recognition, and so forth. The fact of the matter is, if we get it, it, be, it becomes a burden. Hmm? 
and therefore people like their private time where they can just be ordinary citizens. And, and this is the idea of Vrindavan. The idea of how Krishna's Leela is is the more, if you will. We can explain it in different ways. Like I've said, Narayan or the Brahman is omniscient and omnipresent, so problem. Can't go anywhere, there's nothing to do. Boring. So the unknowing of Krishna Leela is a greater knowing. Because knowing is useful in terms of informing action by which one becomes happy. So perfect knowledge is the knowledge that informs action by which one becomes happy. Otherwise, what's the use of it? Fulfilled. So Krishna's happiest in Vrindavan. And if you're interested in him, rather than getting things from him, getting eternal life, living on his, his planet, hey, I'm living on the planet of God. This is Vaikuntha. This is cool. You know, we've got God as our leader, Narayan, everything's great. Life's perfect here. And there's a lot of opulences here. It's a fantastic place. It's like super heavenly. In heaven, you get a lot of good things. But they get it all. the whole point of the heavenly descriptions, in one sense, are that however long you extend the numbers, they're like nothing compared to eternity long life. And the Bhagavatam is full of the problems of heaven. Envy rises there. Indra worried someone's going to take over his spot and so forth. The problem means the, it means it's, it's all about the problem with the moral life. We were talking about this the other day, the problem with the moral life. I said there's a realm of absolute ethics and aesthetics. The moral life here is just a shadow of that, a shadow of that. So the action, hmm, action for, um, to arrive at a, a virtuous, a perfectly virtuous life, hmm, the karma marg is, is flawed. It's a shadow of, of real perfection, of real good, ultimate good. Um, and if you reason about it, and you really reason well about the different sides of any argument, there are going to be sub-arguments, sub-plots within the larger picture that you can get some absolutes on. Hmm? But in terms of the overarching picture of any particular issue, to get an absolute on, like in the political realm, for example, one side or the other, if you reason... Or let's take theism and atheism. If you just reason, purely reason, divorce yourself of any prejudice, bias, you become an agnostic. You can't settle the issue by argument, by reason. You can't settle the issue. You have to become an agnostic, which means you can't do anything. You can't take either side. So we act for the good, but because... We are pursuing the good, the virtuous, the purely good life hmm, in a flawed world, if you will, hmm, um, where things are here today and gone tomorrow. Everything's changing. So how can you arrive at a permanent good? Everything's changing. Your body is changing every so many years. Down to the very... Every atom of your body is replaced and your brain. It's a good argument for... If, if if you think you are your body, if you think you are your brain, 
Hmm. What is it then? How does how is it that there's some continuum of identity, despite the fact that the entire brain is replaced atomically on the molecular atomic level in the whole body um, constantly? It's actually a good argument. Because there is an enduring sense of identity, despite the fact that, and this is, of course, nobody would argue with this, that all the material, the physical ingredients are being replaced, changed out. So, at any rate, such is the nature of the world, the physical world, right? It's in every respect, here today and gone tomorrow. So you're trying to arrive at perfect good, but things are always changing. Hmm? And so what was what was ethically thought to be or the, the right thing now, it may not be later. And, and as I say, you press down here, it comes up there. You argue for the for the for the for the welfare state, and then you can argue for the what's the other side of it, the libertarian, the libertarian socialist, and the libertarian ends of the spectrum, you know, you go socialist and you, you you start losing your individuality. You go libertarian and you, you, you lose the group. You lose the unity. Hmm. There's 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 diversity that's lost in socialism and there's unity that's lost in uh, in, uh, in uh, libertarianism, I guess, at the two ends of the spectrum. Do you follow me? Hmm? Like Ernesto was saying, and in, in, we were talking about this the other day, and in in Finland, there are there are so many laws, it's a socialistic, you know, social democrat, but it means emphasis on the social, I suppose, more so than the United States at any rate, and so there are laws about so many laws about like what color you can paint your house is limited because it's been determined by the government that these are the good colors for this neighborhood or something like that. You know, what kind of siding you can put on and there's laws against it. Americans would just flip out, you know, <laughs> at that kind of idea. Why didn't you tell me I want to paint my house a certain color? And so the further you go on the socialist side, the more the individuality is lost. Hmm. And then the libertarian side is all for the individual, individual, but then the group, the unity is lost. Hmm? So this is just to give you an example of the, to arrive at a perfect good. It's 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 impossible here. As you reason about it, reason about it, reason about it. If you really purely reason, you come to you come to no action. Hmm? You're doing action to arrive at the perfect good, but if you reason well about it perfectly, you'll end up with no impetus to act. You'll, you'll see these are the two sides. It's, 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 a, it's the spider and the, and the fly, you know, like I've given an example. The fly was caught and I went to, to free the fly and the spider said, hey, wait, that's my lunch, you know. <laughs> so this is material life. So reasoning then, you, 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 you freeze. So this is gyan. From karma you come to gyan and the gyan is still. No action. Nothing. Hmm. And you try to transcend the flawed world hmm, in stillness, but um, we but but love, bhakti on the other hand, has action and it has 
reason. It's wise love, so it's well-reasoned as to it shouldn't be this action or that reason, or that action. Neither it should be reason unto itself. Hmm? Love is not a, not a still thing, it's a moving thing. Hmm? So in bhakti we have both karma and jnana are harmonized. There is movement, action, and there is um, reasoning, if you will, in, in, in bhakti. So, I'm sure how we got there, but bhakti, anyway, is stated here to be superior to mukti. That's what we're talking about. Mukti is given very easily, but bhakti, very rarely given. And bhakti here, rag bhakti, we're talking about. It's about what makes Krishna tick. And so he's very interested. In if you're interested in that, he becomes interested in you. People want things from me, realm of karma not very bright they're not a thing so they don't they don't want it they want to now they want to give up things which they've collected which are a problem which they know reasonably by exercising their reason very well objectively attachment to things is a problem it's a recipe for for suffering so they give it up sit still and uh, and they want to get away from things so one class wants things one wants to get away from them and be free, because the things are bo- are are cause of bondage. They want to be free. So, neither one of these is very interesting to Krishna. You want to be free to do nothing, and the other people want to be bound up. You know, in the name of um, of having. And and then and then of course there's there's the devotional types of, of mukti, as I was saying, living on the same planet with God, everything's worked out there. It's pure good. And living on this planet, there's no, you know, everybody's happy with the ruler, there's no voting, <laughs> there any, any political discord or anything like that. Those are the perks of, of, of mukti. Living on the planet of God. But this is, is Krishna's, Narayana is at a distance from everyone. So Krishna... The full face of the Godhead. Who's interested in the full... It's, that's why Siddhartha Maharaj used to use the term whole, full-fledged theism. Hmm? Here is Krishna. Who's interested in him? Hmm? You want what he has, this perfect abode, and you can live there. Be one of his, you could be one of his assistants. You could have the same opulence as him. You could have a form like his. Wow! I could have a form like God's instead of this limited two-arm form, I can have a forearm, which means you can have a form that, you, uh, I suppose you can do all kinds of things in, right? you can change forms, you can shape-shift, they say. They say. Of course, it's for service for Narayan, but, but anyway, there are perks of Vaikuntha. Hmm? But here, in, in the Brajalila, the idea is that, that this is the full face of the, divi- the, the divinity, hmm? and who's interested in him? And that's rare. We can see it. It's rare. People want things. People want mukti. People want vaikuntha. This is the standard fare. This is a rare thing. And Godis, Godis, people are trying to establish this. You know, the time has come. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has come with a great gift. And Golokeru Premadan Harinam Sankirtan, as Narutam says. He's brought the holy, the wealth of Golok through the through Nam Sankirtan to the world. 
open the doors to this inner realm. And if you become interested in it, Krishna becomes interested in you, obviously, much more than if you're interested in any of these other things because they don't have that much to do with him. So this is very central to Rag Bhakti. That's why you can progress quickly if you get this idea that Krishna, this is what Krishna, makes Krishna tick. His friends, his, you know, his, his, his girlfriends, his boyfriends, it makes him, that's what he, but, um, who, they're, they're one with him, hmm? in a dynamic sense. So interest in them, that's what Krishna's interested in. He's, com- that's what Krishna means, he's completely captivated by them. He's become the friend of someone, he's become the mother of, the son of someone. Hmm? He's become the, the, the lover, controlled. So it's not that he doesn't want to give this bhakti away. He, he likes to be con- controlled by them. But nobody's, hardly anybody's interested. Hmm? And some people take up bhakti, hmm? but how interested are they? If they're a little interested in the ideal, Vrag bhakti, oh, that's a pretty good start. Hmm? Pretty good start. You're actually theoretically, because you can be interested in rag bhakti from a theoretical point of view, from the point of view of knowledge. Jiva Goswami makes this point. Although the adhikar, the eligibility for treading the path is taste itself, still there's knowledge as to the path hmm, and what it is. And you can learn, hear that, of course, from a sadhu and his explanation of it and then be attracted to the path. So it's a good start. That's hmm? what Krishnadas is, is, is doing in his book. Good start. We get interested. Still, then we have to pursue that, right? Hmm? And and when your interest becomes intense, and practice, if you will, of the culture of bhakti is done with attachment, with no other attachments. You, you sure you want me? You really? You want Bhakti or liberation or something else? Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. Then he will give. Hmm? It's not that he doesn't give because he doesn't want to be captured or conquered. He wants to be conquered. Hmm? This is what what Krishna Leela is all about. He takes the most pleasure in this. Hmm? So by following in their ways, we become attached to him very readily, and and we can get Krishna Bhakti. But here, Krishna Daskavirash Goswami is more or less pointing out the faults. Hari Bhakti, Krishna Bhakti. Hmm? This is the argument he's making. Hmm? He says, Hena Prema Chichetana Dila Jata Tata Jagai Madai Parjanta Andyer Ka Kata. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has freely given this love of Krishna everywhere and anywhere, even to the most fallen, such as Jagai and Madai. What then to speak of those who are already pious and elevated? Hmm. So he's saying Krishna won't give bhakti very easily, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was given it to Jagai and Madai, hmm. who are the classical, you know, uh, most sinful people of the time, was the idea. Nityananda reasoned if I get Mahaprabhu to give prem to them, then the world will know what is his that he's the deliverer of the fallen people. He's the kindest 
manifestation of Krishna, Mahavadanaya, as Rupa Goswami described him, avatar. He goes on, he says, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Swatantra Ishwar, Prem Niguda Bandhar. He's completely and fully independent Ishwar, Swatantra. He can do whatever he likes. And therefore, although Prem Bhakti is the most, for Krishna, is the most confidentially uh, Niguda Bandha stored, hidden, secret thing, he can distribute it to anyone and everyone without any consideration. And he's given an example. He did it in, his, in, the, in the Leela. So he's making, sorry, to make his art. How can you bring your reasoning? Look and see who he is. See what he did. How can you avoid him in any, in any reasonably? Hmm? If you, even Krishna Bhakti is difficult to get, but through him you can get it very easily. He is a form of Krishna that's making himself so readily available. It's the, it's the overflow of his internal internal reasons for his appearance. Hmm. He says, Adyapiha deha chaitanya nam jelai Krishna prem pula kashu vibola sehoi Whether he is offensive or inoffensive, anyone who even now chants Sri Krishna Chaitanya, Prabhu Nityananda, is immediately overwhelmed. Ecstasy will come to him. Tears will fill his eyes. Nityananda bolite hoi Krishna premodoi aulaya sakala anga ashugangarai Simply by talking of Nityananda Prabhu, one awakens his love for Krishna. Thus, all his bodily limbs become agitated by ecstasy and tears flow from his eyes like the waters of the Ganges. There are offenses to be considered while chanting Hare Krishna mantra. Therefore, simply by chanting Hare Krishna, one does not become ecstatic. He quotes a verse from the Bhagavatam, a famous verse from the Bhagavatam, Tadam Hridayam Bhateyam Yadgrihyamanayarhadirama Deyayai if one's heart does not change, tears do not flow from his eyes, his body does not shiver, and his bodily hairs do not stand on end as he chants Krishna's name, it should be understood that his heart is hard as iron. This is due to his offenses at the lotus feet of the name. Ek Krishna Nam Kore Sarva Papanash Premera Karuna Bhakti Karuna Prakash. Simply by chanting Krishna Nam without offense vanquishes all sinful activities. Thus, pure bhakti, which gives rise to love of God, it becomes manifest. But when one's transcendental loving service to the Lord is actually uh, awakened, it generates transformations in the body. The different um, sattvika bhavas. As a result of chanting, one makes great advancement in spiritual life. Material existence and a material existence terminates. The holy name of Krishna is so powerful that chanting even one name very easily, one achieves his riches. If one chants the holy name again and again, 
however, and tears did not appear in his eyes, it's evident that because of his offenses and chanting, the seed of the holy name of Krishna does not sprout. Chaitanya Nityananda Nahi Eshobha Bichar Nam Loite Prem Dan Den Bahe Asrudhar But if one only chants with some slight faith the holy names of Chaitanya Nityananda, very quickly he's cleansed of all offenses. Thus as soon as he chants Krishna Krishna Nam, having been so purified, the ecstasy of love for God will come. Mahaprabhu is independent and greatly magnanimous. Unless one worships him, he says, one will never be liberated. This is the conclusion of this section. Now, of course, it needs to be pointed out that, that um, while he says, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they don't accept offenses like Krishna does. Hmm? Um, the name is said to be more merciful than the form of Krishna because even offense to the form, you can't see the form. The name comes anyway, but, but offense to the name then is problematic and so forth. And while he says, more or less, there's no offenses, and sometimes it's presented like this, to chanting the names of Chaitanya and Nityananda, we do see that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did acknowledge offenders. He even said his mother was offensive to Advaita and wouldn't give her prame. Hmm. So... And 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 we see people chant the name of Sri Krishna Chaitanya. They don't become ecstatic immediately, so we may have some doubt. But the 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 the, the idea here is that that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself, and he's setting an, also showing an example of how to worship Krishna hmm? and making the name available, and by its example showing the way. And showing the way by example is really kind of an extended form of mercy that extends beyond the teaching itself. So if I teach you chant Krishna Nam and so forth, this will happen. Um, it's one thing. If I show it to you hmm, by example, in the way that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did, I mean, just by chanting Krishna Nam, he went underwent all these transformations, and so forth. of course, in the context of his lila, he was giving it here and there, widely, and so on and so forth. Then um, this would should be very helpful for us in terms of embracing the chanting of Krishna Nam and having the requisite faith and uh, required faith and determination, and so on and so forth. So. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna in his most magnanimous disposition. He's exhibiting the very truth of Krishna Nam personally, and so how can you avoid him hmm, is is the point. And taking shelter of him, it may take some time too, but he's saying you will never get it hmm, by avoiding him and simply trying to take take shelter of Krishna, hmm, even. This is his point, because he's this is, he's come, he's opened the doors to this this realm, and um, and given the means to enter there, and shown it himself, taken it up himself. He's whatever a great man does, others follow. So we talk about it, but again, example speaks louder than precept. So he's emphasizing the point that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is teaching by his own example. 
and that should be, as I say, louder than any precept. You may bring your logic and questioning, but look and see what he he's giving it to Jagai and Madai. He's chanting what's happening to him, and he's in the role of a devotee. So this way he makes his point that um, to conclude this section that we should not avoid Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and if we want uh, some reasoning and justification for that kind of statement come and see invest, examine how merciful he is how kind he is you know, Uddhava made the statement who in the right mind would take shelter of anyone other than Krishna when he gave love of God to Putana so you take the same argument and it extends further in the case of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Any question? It's kind of surprising then that, that Gaudis don't, that like a Gaur mantra is not the main mantra for the Gaudis. Well, there's a reason for that. that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did teach to, to chant Krishna Nam. Hmm? So we do, we follow his teaching, but we also chant his name. And the emphasis here, and this, this is a section, chapter following the chapter of the Panchatattva, and therefore he's emphasized Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunitananda Sri Advaita Prada Shivasadikor Bhaktivinoda. So we, we chant the Panchatattva mantra, we chant Gaur Nam, Nityananda Nam, and then we chant Hare Krishna. So the tradition is basically if you want to recite Krishna Leela, first recite some Gaur Leela that corresponds. If you want to chant Krishna Nam, first chant. Gornam. Hmm? Um, and and preface the, the worship of Krishna with the worship of Chaitanya. Because you can't avoid the fact, I mean, that the kind of did it. He said, well, you know, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching, just chant uh, Krishna Nam, and, and I'm going to chant Gornam. But, but you can't cancel out entirely the teaching of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the Upanishads and everything that, you know, are saying. Uh, the efficacy of the Hare Krishna mantra. Mahaprabhu to- personally told his disciples from Chaitanya Bhagavad, you have to chant the Maha- Hare Krishna Maha mantra. So we can't do away with that. Hmm. But we we do it in the context of worshipping Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and invoking his name. And we do have the Gaur mantra and the Gaur Gayatri and so forth. What else? It seems like they relate so much to the yeah, you can't do that and expect to have uh, your for your practice to be f- effective. Is that your point? Extend the same argument, yeah. In relation to Shaitanya Mahaprabhu, yeah, you can't. And that's, of course, one of the offenses to the Holy Name. Vilify the Vaishnavas. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll stop there. Shri Chaitanya Charitamrita Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai, Gaur Premanand.